welcome to my dad's podcast. My blackest fan is national. Follow him on Instagram. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and today we're having another one of our pillow talks. So I have my special guest with me. It's pretty much a constant on a pillow talk, obviously. So my wife, as, as you should be, you are the only constant in my life, right? So Dr. Wanda, say what's up. What's up? <laughs> yeah, so we'll be having another one of our pillow talks, as I mentioned. Um, we'll be talking today about gender roles and expectations, not just in relationships, but overall. And what's expected is Women's History Month, and I really exactly. do want to put an emphasis on talking about you know what roles have been like in the shift that may be happening now as far as women's roles and what we should look forward to, because the expectation should be that the future is what? Happy, female, successful. God, Lord, right? oh, female. <laughs> I mean, of course, you ain't even know. You slacking? Uh, you talking about the future is happy? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. Positive. I'm trying to be an advocate over here, and you're talking about uh, happy. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic, which I usually don't. So that's true. I appreciate that. Okay, so <laughs> before we get into the conversation, um, if this is your first time listening to my Black is Transnational, make sure to subscribe to the podcast it's available on all platforms of your favorite podcast listening apps um you can also make sure to follow me on instagram at black transnational underscore you can also follow me on twitter as i promised in my last episode that i would create a twitter account and i do have one now available it is called if i remember mb transnational so it is on twitter the account name is MB Transnational. So follow me on Twitter, and I promise I'll try my best to be as active as possible to join the conversation that's ongoing in Twitter world. Um, you can also make sure to email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com. That's the official email of the podcast. So if you have any questions, comments, any feedback, please make sure to send that to me via email. Also, shout out to all the listeners who have been sending me feedback and just rating and reviewing the podcast. Please continue to rate and review the podcast. If this is your first time listening, please make sure to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Also wanted to give a special shout out to my homegirl who actually sent me on Instagram an essay, a short essay that she wrote about chapter, I mean, not chapter, episode eight um, that I did with Dr. Omavi Bailey. Uh, to just talk about the return back to Africa, the doy of return, which I really appreciated the words. And I shared that on my Instagram post um, a couple days ago. So yeah, man, so I really appreciate it. And I do put the love out there. If you're listening to this on Anchor, I always want to mention the Anchor app, which is what I use to record my episodes. They have a special voicemail feature that you can leave a voice message for me. So I'd love to have some listeners leave a voice message. Nobody has done it yet, but I'm looking forward to someone who's brave enough to leave a voice message so I can listen to it and even share that on the show with your permission. So just got the formalities out the way. You ready? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. Okay, so. Gender roles, right? Mm-hmm. What comes to your mind when you think about gender roles, babe? Well, first of all, when I think of gender, I think of, what is it, man and woman or he and she. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are different genders, more than just a male and a female. There are people that um, don't conform to any gender. Um, so now, I used to think of just male and female. Now I think of gender nonconformity when I think of gender. Is that weird? No, that's not weird. I think that's just being woke and as being educated and enlightened to where we are moving as a society because no longer are we focused on these binary identifications. Now we're focused on people who don't conform to certain genders, people who are very fluid and people who don't just succumb to certain expectations or identify themselves just by one thing or another. So I -hmm. I agree with you. Okay. I mean... But, I mean, if we're talking of just male and female genders, there are specific norms that come to mind when I think of a male and when I think of a female. Um, You think of the mother, the birther, the one that's nurturing, the one that kind of cares and takes care of people. When I think of males, I think of the one that's, you know, masculine, as they say, Uh, I guess, big in stature, um, a protector a provider, those characteristics 
other men kind of come up to me. Other men come to me. Why do they have to be big? I don't know. That's just how I imagine. Like, you know, I feel like when you think of things or words, you have pictures that come to mind. Mm -hmm. So when I think of the male gender or of a man, it's usually somebody big. Maybe it's because I'm short (laughs) and so pretty much every male is taller than me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just that's the image that I see when I think of a male. It's It's just funny how we associate massiveness, right? Just size large sizes with masculinity right uh, no no I'm, I'm talking about tall in stature but like when i think of a big fat person like somebody that's you know overweight i don't necessarily think of men as much i think of a woman well i didn't even think about i wasn't even saying as far as fat i was just talking about size as far as like being massive like big right not being obese but like just being big as far as girth and swell right Okay, yeah, yeah. And I don't want anybody to take offense to me saying fat, okay? Somebody that's larger in size with a higher BMI, not, you know, don't take offense to okay, my so, word. So, so health-wise, someone who's borderline obese. Who probably is obese or morbidly obese, yeah. Okay, well, let's not stray too much, though. So when we think about, when you said, when you think about gender roles, it's in the context of what's ex- what is the standard, quote, quote, as far as male and female, you think about most men being providers, right? They have certain roles as far as being providers. And what else did you say? So, I mean, the characteristic male figure is a provider, a protector, um, someone who's, I guess, more masculine, doesn't show a lot of emotion. That's the characteristic male. Does it happen? Mm-hmm. Have all men in my life kind of been like that? No, not at all. Do you think it differs based on your racial, ethnic background? Of of course it differs based on your culture, your ethnic background, where you come from. Uh, And I think you also have to put in your environmental influences and the friends that you're around. They also shape how you see gender. Um, I know a lot of people that grew up in households where gender was binary. It was male or female. But as they became woke, as they say, or went to college, they started to realize that there's more to it than just male or female. Um, Personally, when it comes to the female gender role, I don't necessarily like to subscribe to those norms. You know, the ones I talked about earlier about being a nurturer, about being, you know, super caring. They're the mother, they're the wife. Yes, you can be those, but I don't think as a woman you have to be the standard female gender or have that standard female role. Okay, but I have to kind of go back and think about what you mentioned about it being different. I think one can make the argument that, or at least one can make the case, since we're not arguing, one can make the case that it is... There's a there's a standard that's set across all cultural groups as far as what what men should do compared to what women should do, right? Yeah, and and for those who and which is what creates the discomfort when people fall in between, mm-hmm. right? So in most cultures, you tell me a cultural group out there now in where the man is not expected to lead the family, right? You tell me a cultural background or a cultural um, racial ethnic population that in which their culture doesn't expect for a woman to be the nurturers, mm-hmm. to be the caretakers, the homemakers, mm-hmm. right? Um, can you think of any? I mean, where I feel like in the African-American community, um, you do have the idea of the man having to be the nurturer and the caretaker, but in reality, it's kind of different. In the African-American community, you have a lot of single mothers and you have a lot of maternal figures that are the head of the household. And so they end up being the ones that not only are the nurturers and carers, but they also are the providers and they also um, take care of the household. Yeah, but I think that's taking into account all the systematic things that have been put in place to separate and break up black families, right? Black men are not necessarily present at their homes because they're mm-hmm. more so present in prison mm-hmm. right so but if it was a situation in the ideal world where it was a full complete black household then what's the expectation for the man 
Well, I guess it depends on the household, but usually it is that, that he's the provider. He's the one bringing in the money, bringing in the bacon. He's fixing up stuff around the house, making sure that maintenance is done everywhere and working on the car and, you know, doing all those manly things per se, while mom is cooking and cleaning and take care of the kids, that type of thing. Right. So it seems like universally there's this language and I don't understand, you know, I guess I can say that I understand how because I would say that maybe a lot of these expectations kind of come from religion. Yeah, religion. I mean, think and about I think what, just how men and women are made in our physiology. When it comes to a woman, she's the only one that can give birth to a child. She's the only one that can breastfeed a child. And so I feel like some of these are not necessarily just based on religion. Yes, it's based on religion. But before religion, women were giving birth to children Mm -hmm. and they were breastfeeding and making sure all the kids were okay because they had that bond with the children. Mm. While the man went out and was a hunter gatherer would you know, go out, hunt the food, bring it back, cook it. I mean, bring it to the woman to cook and that would be it. So, yes, religion does play a role in it. But then also you have to just think about the physiology of what a man does and what a woman does with their bodies. So are you saying that some of these things are natural instincts? No, I'm not saying it's instinct. I'm just saying by virtue of how we are built, by virtue of the functions of our body, that's how we got the roles that women have and the roles that men have. I mean, obviously men can't give birth, Mm -hmm. but women can hunt too. Yeah, right. but but so physiologically speaking, there. I mean, what are they? I mean, what is a man doing then? Right, like I feel like. But what I'm saying is physiologically, if you want to keep your society moving forward, what do you have to do? But physiologically speaking, what is a man like? I don't. I'm, I don't see the connection physiologically because physiologically, you're just focusing more on the body's movement and what the expectation for the body's to do like no, if how the body works right so okay your you're talking anatomy about, and physiology right the anatomy and physiology and how the body works but okay how does the male compos- body composition and functionality from a physiological standpoint impact his role well i'm talking more about the woman it's the woman's role that forces the man to be his role so what i'm saying okay. is because a woman is the only one that can physically give birth to a child mm-hmm. while she's breastfeeding and recovering Who's going to go get food? Who's going to make sure that, you know, the house is taken care of? Mm. So by virtue of if you want to continue your society, meaning if you a man and you a woman want to continue to have a group that grows and grows and grows and it doesn't die with you, Mm -hmm. that man and that woman has to make a decision to have children. And if you decide to have children, physiologically, only the woman can have birth. Right. And can breastfeed right. and make sure that child grows in that first year. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So then what's the man to do? Make sure that woman got food that she can eat. Right. Make sure there's a shelter over that woman and that baby. Got you. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. I see that. And I see the power within that. And to say that that in saying that because of the woman's abilities to be able to bring life, then the man ultimately plays that supplemental supporting role. In to. order to make sure that that woman, while bringing life into the world and continuing and society. continuing to add to society's growth and population growth, can continue to you know be in good energy, can have what she needs to be comfortable and be able to continue doing what she does as far as nurturing. As far care. as continuing the the society, <laughs> I guess. But a woman can also choose not to continue society. Well, yeah, that's true. But I'm talking about way, way back in the day, which obviously this happened because we're here today. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If you are a woman and you choose not to do all of those things, then you have all the options that men have. But you have to think way back in the day, that's what women did because that was the point to continue society to survive, to live. Now we're doing more than just living. We're doing more than just continuing our society. We're doing all kinds of fun things and whatever we want. Mm -hmm just to just to do it okay all right so then what have your experiences been growing up around these roles 
of uh, these expectations and all that? Like, what is what was it like for you growing up? Well, for me, it was a little. It was. In, I mean, it's pretty standard, but. Well, I guess mine was standard from an African American household. Uh, both parents. I had both parents initially. They were married, but by the time I could remember things, all I knew is that they were divorced. So most of my childhood, I was raised up by a single mom. Um, she went to work. She cooked. She cleaned. She did everything. Um, at that time, my father would come through when it was Christmas and we needed gifts or birthdays or things like that. But when it came to pretty much everything in the household, and it was her. She was the one. Um, when I got to high school, my mother and father came together and lived in the same household. And at that point, they both had jobs, they both worked, they both cooked, and they both cleaned. Um, my dad would wash dishes while my mom made Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner. Um, they kind of shared a lot of the responsibilities um, in the household. So I don't know if they were uh, perfect in the idea of what a male and female are, but... Um, Actually, my dad was a little bit more masculine and he was kind of the guy that you think of uh, because he would fix everything. He would, if there was a bug, he'd kill it. Or if there was a mouse, he would catch it. So he was the male in that kind of role. Mm -hmm. But then he also cooked. He also cleaned. He also washed dishes. So he kind of had the best of everything. Although the one thing that my mother had that he didn't have was that nurturing ability. He wasn't much of a nurturer, but my mother was very much a nurturer. But then she could also cook clean. She didn't do too much fixing up things. Okay. And so how did you grow up? What was the role? What were the roles you saw when you were growing up? Uh, mine was, I mean, it was a little coming from Africa and living in an African household, Nigerian household specifically. I mean, it was your your standard man is the head of the house expectation, or at least the image. My mom, she created the image that the man was the the leader of the house, but ultimately she was the one running everything. Um, <laughs> she worked, um, she cooked, she cleaned. At sometimes, you know, she fixed stuff. So she, it was kind of like she was doing a lot. But my dad was also you know, very, my biological father was very much your head of the household type of thing. So for mm -hmm. me, my transnational experience definitely factors into what I saw as far as what was expected for men and women, because growing up in America, seeing my mom see growing up, you know, with her, she led that single woman type of, it felt like I was in a single household, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately, she was the most active um, and she showed her independence. She showed her strength in everything that she was doing as far as bringing us up, you know, taking care of us, but also disciplining us and all that. Even though, you know, the man was expected to be the one that also did the disciplining, right. And, and being the authority figure in the house. So that was one thing, but also going to Nigeria and spending time with my dad. And I saw that he was the fixer upper. He wasn't doing the cooking, but he could cook if he wanted to. He was independent. Um, he really stressed that, but he also felt like it was a woman's role to do these certain things, right? To cook, to, to clean. But if she didn't want to do it, he had no problem with it. He'll do it himself. He might complain a little bit, but he had no problem depending on himself to do things. So Growing up for me, I used to always feel like men and women were equal. I don't know where I got that mentality from. And not to say it's a, it's a bad thing, but at a time when people weren't really saying that as a young kid growing up in Nigeria, I just always believed that men and women were equal in all mm -hmm. facets. Meaning like I wasn't believing in the double standard. Don't tell me that you're a woman and you hit me and then I hit you back and say don't hit her back because she's a girl. Like I'm not listening to that. Everybody can get it. Right? So I think that's the second, third time you just say I always say that because it's true. Like I always believe that like, you know, everyone is equal to the same opportunities and the same consequences. So take the good with the bad, right? So in that, my mindset has always been an advocate for not making women feel submissive and all that type of stuff or making them feel second class but growing up in an african household you were told that and seeing my mom see kind of go about things kind of showed me that there was a little bit of manipulation going on where it was like the man kind of felt like he was doing things 
but he really wasn't doing things because ultimately mm-hmm. if she decided to pull out and, and I say pull out like as far as just stopping and not doing anything the whole house was going to crash mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and that's essentially why the woman is the core as far as the the central f- force when it comes to a household mm-hmm. you know so I mean I don't know that that just kind of seems to be my experience but I think moving on and growing up and becoming more educated yeah. Things are becoming more different. I obviously you're getting woke. We, you're awakening. I've never, like I said, I don't know if I've been woke, but I've always. I think things are pretty much what I wanted it to be. Okay. I've always wanted women to be more, you know, to be equal, and I continue to push for that as an advocate. So I just, I'm kind of glad that the that the world is catching up to me when I was a kid. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But okay, so what about like? What do you think gender roles have done since you're talking about your mom and your dad and me talking about my mom and my, um, you know, my parental figures? What do you think is done as far as shaping your relationship expectations or how we behave in our relationship? Mm. So I guess me personally, as far as how I feel about female gender roles, do does play a part in relationships with men, with you, with the opposite sex. Um, I think that plays a lot in what I saw in my mother as I was growing up. She was the end-all, be-all, kind of like your mom, where she did everything. And so as a woman, I see it as in, I can do it all too. I can work. I can fix on things. I can be a nurturer. I can be a mother. I can do all of these things. And so when it comes to having relationships Or even in the beginning, when I was looking for a relationship, looking for a significant other, I wasn't looking for someone that definitely played into that male gender role. Because in my mind, hey, I could do it. I could provide for myself. I can protect myself. I can fix everything that goes broken. I can do all of these things. So what I'm looking for is a partner. I'm looking for um, someone I can share my life with. I'm not looking for that characteristic male figure because I'm not the characteristic female woman that needs all those things that you would expect so I think seeing my mother in the manner in which I did definitely played a role in our relationship yeah what about you I think I think for me you know going based going off what I just said I came into a relationship I just came in as far as my interactions with other you know people from the opposite sex or others um genders just kind of like saying, hey, look, I'm going to treat you the same way I'm going to treat myself. Um, I expect the same from you as I would expect from myself and just kind of go from there. Uh, I never really cared for depending. Like, I never understood how a lot of dudes be like, hey, yo, will this girl cook for me? Like, is she going to cook? Or Like, I always well, thought... I hate that. Sh- like, I think is that guys depend on it. Well, there are a lot of I dudes think, who do depend on it. I think what they do or is expect they it. Expect it. Okay, yes, that's, that's it. That's they fine. expect it because they see it as in you know how women grow up hearing, oh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. You got to cook for him, and you know you got to do all these things. So then men grow up saying, oh, is she gonna cook for me? Oh yeah, she better cook for me because that's a mark of a good woman. But that's not what. That's not the real way to a man's heart. The real way to a man's heart is by actually knowing his heart and sitting down and talking <laughs> to him and just interacting. With him. At least that's how I feel. But as you mentioned, I grew up coming into relationships being not afraid of expressing myself, mm-hmm. which made me different. Right? I have no problem expressing my emotions. If you've seen from the last episode, we talked about relationships and um, and Valentine's Day. I have no problem expressing myself. I have no problem being nurturing. I have no problem being, um, you know, being able to admit that I'm not the handiest of people, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't come in fulfilling those super masculine um, expectations. I know how to do some things and I enjoy those things, but I also know I grew up a scholar, right? Like I grew up having to read, right? Like ain't nobody give me the opportunity to to fix things. Like I didn't have to opportunity to watch my dad in Nigeria fix things and, and work on things like that. So I didn't have that craftiness, Mm-hmm. instilled upon me but i knew how to be educated i knew how to do good in school so you found a woman that was crafty well it just happened to be if not i put myself in a position where i can pay somebody to do their <laughs> job right like so i wasn't really coming into a relationship trying to see a woman that can cook because i always told myself that i can cook for myself besides if that woman is an african then who gonna cook these african food right it has to be me right because i have to sustain that diet so 
If she doesn't know how to cook these dishes, then I'm going to always cook for myself to some degree, but I always wanted it to be 50-50, right? So we can be able to split, understand what our roles are, and just work together. As you mentioned, a partnership, mm-hmm. just being completely 100% with who we are, knowing what, we, what we're capable of, and just seeing how we can grow together like that. And that's more intimate relationships, but even with like my friends or like my, you know, my best friends, a lot of my best friends are women. Right. And I have guy best friends as well, but a lot of my close friends are women and, you know, I can interact with them platonically. Mm-hmm. Right. And be able to relate with them. But I also am able to relate with my guy friends. So it just I think growing up with these expectations are not really heeding to them allowed me to be able to just relate to people more yeah. and be able to be more understanding and empathetic. So that worked well. That makes me different. And I know sometimes people say that like, yo, I'm different. I'm always different. Like I'm a different man. I ain't, you ain't, I ain't like that other guy. But I honestly feel like my belief and experiences growing up were completely different than most of my other male friends and what they expected and how they interacted. So it allowed me to just be able to come into a relation being fair. And I think I, I, I took a couple L's for that, right? Because at <laughs> some point you're like saying, you know, there was certain, I was looked at differently because it's like oh man like you sensitive you soft you this yeah. that right and it's like okay that is what it is i'm not gonna pretend to be something i'm not yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna sit there and be like yo give me a wrench i'm gonna fix this car when i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> right so i didn't pretend to be anything that i wasn't but i think i'm in a better place for it though yeah you know what i'm saying so um all right so other things to think about now what about women running the household, right? So we just kind of talked about our moms. We've talked about how we come into relationships. So women running the household, you said that that happens a lot in the black community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? Like, is that a good thing? Is that, I mean, what is that? Do you think it should be I mean, different? I, I think that having a two-parent household is the best. Um, whether it's two women, two men, whatever, that's you know, up to you. But two parents in a household makes everything run smoother because you can divvy up the jobs. You know, one person can make sure that food's cooked while the other one is getting the kids ready for bed or one is working while the other one's making sure the house is running. So just two parents are always great. But when you have a woman that runs the house solo, uh, she's stressed. I feel like that makes it difficult um, in her life because she has to be everything and that's hard i've seen that many times and it's definitely you're capable of it women are capable i think men are capable of doing the same thing but it's hard when it's just you so i would do it but i don't know if i would really really like doing but even if but even if it was a complete household and it wasn't a single household can a woman still be the head of the household yes I haven't seen some <laughs> some 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 relationships where the man doesn't do anything. He just kind of sits there and watches TV. And so then when it comes to you know taking care of the kids, and even if there aren't any kids, taking care of the house, making sure the food is cooked, making sure the house is clean, making sure that the bills are paid, going to work every day. You have women that do everything and that man just does nothing. Now, do and then you, you have the reverse. Do you consider that to be the head of the household? So it depends on how they see it. When it comes to a relationship, it's really about the people involved in it. Most of the time, when that happens, the woman wouldn't be seen as head of the household. The man would. But believe me on them taxes, if she the only one working, she's the head of the household. So you're going based off what the government says? I'm just saying. No, I said it depends on their relationship and what they believe. But I'm just saying, when it comes to taxes, she's the head of the household. Okay, so what are you saying? As far as what you believe, you're not telling me what you believe. You're speaking very, you're speaking ambiguously. Oh, <laughs> so what I believe is whatever they think. What is that? That's a cop out. So it's, it's basically what you come together and say in your relationship. So you're telling me that there is no defined role. Like somebody says, no, no one comes because in and it's, says, it's I'm the head of the house. based on what you believe. Really? It's based on what you think. Okay. So, in our relationship, who's the head of the household? I don't know. There is no head of the household, right? That's what I'm saying. Because we're all we're both doing things, we're both working, we're both cooking. The head of the household cleaning. is God at the end of the day. Perfect. Right? So we say we put God as the head of the household. As Perfect. long as we following God, everything is gonna be flow good. On taxes? Yeah. 
God get you the job. Refund goes to God. God get you. You take it back to church and tie, right? (laughs) So, no, but seriously, I think, you know, I say that because there's some people who say, hey, look, it don't matter what that person doing, Mm -hmm. right? You the man, you the head of the household. If you, you know, if you got everybody else in line, in tune with what's going on, you kick your feet up, you relax, you only troubleshoot when troubleshoot is needed, but you've already got everything in motion. You've put your orders, you put your whatever, your instructions. I don't know how it works. Now, is that something you've heard of from a younger generation? I'm saying this is, older this, is a, this is a mindset. I'm saying even going back to the African mindset, right? We talked in the past about why some people have different struggles. Mm-hmm. African-American women have struggles. Or people from a different um, background have struggles dating African men. Mm-hmm. Men straight from Africa because of these expectations, mm-hmm. right? So I'm telling you from the African mindset, and in some black communities, in mm-hmm. some black households, I should say, a man kick his feet up and lay back and chill. He don't got to really do much as long as he's laid down the law. He's there when needed. He's the head of he's the, the head, of, head of the household. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I agree with it. I'm mm-hmm. just throwing that perspective out there for you to say that it's. And I know a, of that perspective. Exactly, and I've heard of it. Yes, right. So when I say, so what I'm saying is that does your action, does activity define authority? Does it define that leadership role? In some cases, no. Right? In, yeah, in some cases, no. Because in the example you just gave, doesn't have to have anything. Exactly. And it's still head of household. Right? Some people are like, yo, this is divine. I'm divinely ordained to be head of the, household, head of the household because God made Adam first. Mm-hmm. Right? Adam was the first man. Yes. Right. So I'm not saying that that's, that's why I'm saying like the mindset obviously is you. I want to say it's old, but it's not old because it's still very much so alive. Hmm. Like people still believe these things all across the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So obviously we're in a more progressive, more enlightened. And we're in the United States, which is definitely a lot more progressive than some other countries that still um, believe in that binary gender. Exactly. Right. So and that's why I was just saying, like, for me, I think it might be very it might be very interesting to just see if that will ever change or will it always remain the same because of what's guiding them. And that's what I mentioned before is religion and culture. Mm -hmm. These things rule and guide people. These is what, as my popsy always says, the currency of life. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you take that into consideration how it shapes people's perspectives. Will we ever reach a day and age where we can really change and a woman really running a household, taxes, no taxes? Because sometimes if a woman is not running a household, mm-hmm. I mean, if she, let me take that back. If she's running a household, but there's no man there, mm-hmm. then the argument from the outside, not to say the outside perspective really matters, but the argument from the outside would be, well, something's missing, right? She's there, but it's only pro temp. It's only mm-hmm. because the man is not there. But if the man was there, mm-hmm. then he should be running the household, right? Because as you mentioned, there are certain roles in a, in a two-parent household that people play. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to the question, is it important to have gender roles to help your children understand what's expected for them as they continue to grow and become contributors in society? Well, participants think, in society. I think society is changing, at least here in the U.S. So as far as preparing your child for what they are expected mm-hmm. to involve in or, or be involved in, yes, you want to make sure you give them the knowledge of typically women were thought to do this, typically men are thought to do this, but I don't think you want to confine them in a box and tell them you can't go outside of that box. Right. Um, but it is important to make sure that your children are knowledgeable about these things. But I think society is moving at a pace that <clears throat> you don't have to be confined into those spaces. So if you're a man and you want to do hair and be a hairstylist, go for it. If you want to be a professional dancer, go for it. If you want to be a cheerleader, great. If you don't want to do anything masculine and just, I don't know, do whatever, great. If you're a woman and you don't want to do anything female, you don't want to have any kids, you want to just work your job, put all your effort into your job, great. That's something you can do. But I think you should also be knowledgeable of how people are judging you and looking at you. So you want to know what those expectations are for Okay. Those so what if, we're, what if it was a household? What if it was a black 
household mm-hmm. where the father was the one doing the hair. Okay. Right? Doing the daughter's hair, even the son's hair, making sure the son got the haircut, making sure the daughter. That's all Instagram. It's really cute. Yeah. But what if that's the case and the mother was the one teaching the son or the kids how to play sports, how to be handy, oh, yeah. how to build stuff? Is that normal? Do you think that should be the new normal? Is that the new normal? Well, I don't think there is a new normal, okay? What we're doing in this day and age is we're breaking away from all norms. When we talk about gender, when we talk about everything, we're breaking away from norms. Nothing is normal anymore, per se. Mm. So um, do I agree and think that that's something that should happen? Yes, you should have people that go outside those norms. They should be able to do whatever they want. um, And I wouldn't have any problems with it. As long as, like I said, in your household... That you've agreed on these things and that nobody feels neglected or that they're doing too much when you have two people in a household, I think it's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Because nowadays kids are growing up with so many options as to who they can be, what they can do, that they're not confined. Okay. So now one of the things you talked about was the taxes. And I want to go back to that as far as taxes, head of the household, women making money and all that. So how do you think relationships will function with women who make more than their counterparts, their their partners. How do you think it will function? Yeah. I mean, what's that got to do with anything? I feel like... What do you mean what that has to do with anything? If the money is coming into the household... First of okay. all, first wait, of wait, all. Wait, 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 listen. If the money is coming into the household, it is the money for the household. So what does that have to do with anything? A lot. This, well, how? Because, listen... There are three important things, and we've talked about this. Maybe I haven't mentioned this on the show, but we've talked about this before in our own personal time. There's three important things in a relationship. You want to tell me? Money. Money. Sex and religion. Exactly. Money, sex, and religion. Money, depending on how you manage it and what you agree upon, plays a huge role as to how far a relationship will go. So the biggest problem, like I said, when we talk about expectations and roles in a, in a, in a household, family, individually, whatever, sometimes you don't even have to live together. Sometimes it can be people that are just dating, right? And it's if you find out that your significant other is making more than you, especially if you're a man, some men feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. To me personally, doesn't matter. Of course not. Like I don't give a damn. As long as I'm able to play my part, mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I can't control. As long as I'm good at what I do, I find more peace. I don't need to have more money to have more peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in most cases, from a general standpoint. I think a lot of people still find it, a lot of men may still find it very problematic. Exactly. So that's why I was saying that's a good question to ask other men. But as a woman, um, I mean, I'm expected to have a man that makes more than me. Wherever I go, they look at me and think my man is making more than me. So for me to make more is whatever. It's, it's That's just how it is. It's interesting that you say that because I was asking for your perspective because I was thinking that you know, some women would grow up thinking that the men should make more. Not that the men do because of obviously the disparities that exist, mm-hmm. but just that growing up because that person's a man, he should make more because oh, he's no. a quote quote provider. Oh no, that's I don't know who those women are, but mm-hmm. those women are crazy. They should be. I mean, they, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. You'll be surprised what people be thinking no, though. Because truth be told, let me tell you, I've seen women go through so much more. When it comes to just trying to have a job and just trying to make sure that they are good at their job. Not good, great and excellent at their job. And I've seen women uh, struggle through so much more than men have just to get paid less than a man at the same job. Mm. So I don't care who you are. If you're a woman and you're bringing in more money than your man, fine. Live it. Love it. Because if that man was doing your same job, he would be making more than you. Mm. So nobody should ever make her feel like she's less than a woman because right off the bat, she's not making as much as a man would in her field. Mm. So bring your money home and your man better be happy. Okay? I don't know. That's that's just how <laughs> I feel. Are you taking off? You okay? I'm you sorry. Water? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm <laughs> telling you, after... I done been through med school and had a baby and struggled through and did all these things to prove that I am worthy. I will be very upset if anybody made me feel bad because I was bringing home more money than my significant other. No. Mm -mm. You ain't making me feel bad. You shouldn't feel bad because at the end of the day, if that person is your money, you work hard, you've earned it. 
And that person on the other side of the spectrum should be more comfortable with knowing that he doing his best to bring in his income and earn his salary and using that money prudently to be able to make sure that he's contributing to the household and making sure that people got what they need regardless. Yeah. Right. Like, and I mean, I think that brings to the um, surface an idea that some couples or some things that couples struggle with is this whole competition thing. Exactly. In that, you know, the man is competing against the woman and he has to meet this standard because the woman is here and she can't be where he is but god forbid she makes more money than him now he feels like he hasn't met his standard and he's less than a man which to me doesn't make any sense i mean i'm saying this because i think about it from an african mindset right so i'm not just thinking about it from an americanized standpoint i'm thinking about it as an african if i wasn't like in nigeria right now i don't i can't answer and i will open it to the listeners but like what would the reaction be if a woman made more than the man in that type of country, right? But I can find that to be very rare, right? Obviously, here in America, these things might be normal. It might be might be more frequent than than not. But I can't imagine in Africa, in West Africa, Nigeria, wherever country where the woman is the one that's actually making more, and that's okay. When there's a man in the house and now, she's not single. Now, my question is, in Nigeria, would there ever be a situation where you have a man who is, say, working a minimum wage job at a fast food location, just trying his best, and then you have a woman that is a successful professional, and they marry, and now it's just see, I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't say that is not true. That is, there aren't some people that exist out there in that type of relationship, but I can tell you right now that that might be considered some type of abomination. <laughs> Somebody will look at that thing and, because they won't even so to get to that he's point. Minimum wage. He needs to have a woman to get to wage. that point. Whereas, like, look, why is your wife, his parents, his family will look at him and they'll chastise him and they'll say, "Guy, like, why is your wife making more than you?" Even, even though they're in two completely professional. Well, that means that's, that 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 man is a failure. That man has failed at the end okay. of the day because why are you working at a fast food restaurant and your wife is a doctor? You failed. That's say she was a professional. Or something. I'm just saying, a professional, a lawyer, whatever. She's a doctor and you failed. Uh, like, how did you go that far? And you, why is she even why couldn't he just be successful? They won't allow. But why couldn't he be successful for attaining a woman that will elevate him? Why couldn't you think of it that way? Because that's, then isn't that, some people might that consider that. woman is going to raise him up. Because now, is that woman supposed to be an object that's supposed to help elevate him or is he supposed to be his wife do you get what she i'm saying be both. but what i'm saying i'm I, i'm listening in your mindset yeah but i'm saying from a nigerian standpoint are you an object as supposed to help catalyze me or are you supposed to be my wife meaning as supposed to be my my rib the support system behind that strong man if you're telling me that i'm a fast food worker i'm selling something in the street how did you pick me and me i don't have anything to contribute to even match you mm, can be love it could love. <laughs> <laughs> love. Like, yeah, it should be love, but at the end of the day, there's some things that have to be, you know, there's some things that have to be checked out. Okay. Like I said, things can change. Like I went to Nigeria, we just came from Nigeria, obviously, but it didn't seem like those things have changed. Right? At some point, we get to that point, maybe in more modern silos that exist there. But now if you ask me, I'm like, whoa, Nigeria, I don't think that can happen. And I don't think we're there yet. You know what I'm saying? But I think here in the U.S., the people are more modernized. People are more, you know, more involved in the Western culture of understanding that, hey, look, women are just as equal um, and they're more than equal. Right. In some cases, it's not about your physiology, as we talked about before, but more of your capacity and your capabilities and your ability to grind and earn what you worked very hard for. Um, Obviously, for me, I don't really care, but. I do think a lot of people out there do. I, I just remember having various conversations, which kind of leads me to talk about what they call the hyper-competitive woman, right? And I remember having a good conversation with my guys when I was getting my doctorate, and we had a, a really interesting conversation as to why, you know, whether gender roles and expectations, right, have set this bar for women to not just exceed but even over exceed expectations by having this 
burning desire to just beat the competition, to prove men wrong, to do this, that, and the third. And they become hyper-competitive to the point where now it's it's about proving that point, right? Mm. Becoming more vigilant, becoming more, you know, just working three times as hard because you only get half of what they got. Type I mean, is it really about just proving the point? I don't know. I'm mean, This is the conversation we had. We were asking all types of questions. I don't have okay. a conclusion. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't think it's about just proving the point, but I think it's definitely about getting the recognition that you're due and showing everyone that a woman is equal to a man, if not better. And the thing about it is, is that even with all that hyper-competitiveness and women trying their best, we still aren't equal. We still don't make as much as men make in the same jobs doing the exact same thing. And so I, I honestly don't think that a woman can be hyper-competitive or just really trying to prove. But, I mean, obviously in the workplace, we aren't equal. And it's known. That's obvious. And so for a woman to just try to be equal, now you're calling it hyper-competitive? Hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I understand. I think I think that... We're not equal. So how can we be hyper-competitive? When we're just trying to be equal. We're just trying to get to where you are. But who's, who who sets the standard as to what being equal really is? Men. Men? Men have set the standard. Really? Yeah. Not society? Yeah. Well, society, but society is made up of Society? Of because men. some women still believe that they're not equal to men. Well, those women have been brainwashed. They, they've been they've they been believe the hype. Okay. <laughs> but wouldn't the hype they've be that... drinking the Kool-Aid. Wouldn't the hype be that women are more... I'm just... I'm saying this because like... I always think about it like, okay, who really sets, who's the thermostat and who's a thermometer in this situation, mm-hmm. right? Who's so, judging and who's setting. Exactly, right? Who's setting that standard and setting the, setting the climate, right? Obviously, in most cases, it's a male-dominated society, mm-hmm. right? But I also feel like as far as being competitive, if a man says, hey, look, you're equal, right? If you like, Take my pay, show me. Okay. Show me in my pay. Okay. Well, Give it, me equal benefits. Is it just pay? Everything. Benefits too? Yeah. Okay. What else? That's the main stuff. All right. So now, what does black woman success look like? And how is it received in, well, in your uh, opinion? Again, that's that's devi- defined by the individual. How? You just talked about what society says and what society does. And I feel like now, like when it comes to certain things, you're like, oh, yes, this is it. This, this. And you snap in. But now all of a sudden, I ask you about something deeper than that. And you say, oh, it's the individual. But it's true. You got to pick and choose. success is defined by the individual. Because when I was growing up in my, my mother's side of the family, success for a black woman in the family was making it out of high school without a baby. Okay. All right. That was success in that circle, in that part of the family. Once I got to college, I realized success is getting a good job and maintaining that job and being able to provide and help with your family. So it changes based on where you are in your life, your environment, and the individual. So, I mean, yes, society can dictate that some, but you definitely play a big role in that. I think it varies. Um, Yeah. I think it varies. I do think that there is this notion that black women succeeding is... I mean, there are a lot of successful black women out there, especially when we talk about on paper, credential-wise. I, <laughs> I mean, everybody goes to Oprah, but I'm just saying, like, uh-huh. a lot of black women are getting their PhDs. A lot of black women are graduating high school and, and graduating college at a higher rate compared to black men. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of other things in place underneath the surface which inhibit black men from succeeding. But if we know what we know now as far as where black women lay in the social hierarchy, Mm-hmm. Right, we understand where they are in that social, that that racial ethnic pyramid, so to We're speak. We're at the bottom, right? So, it's 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 obviously one of those things where it's like, okay, well, black women being successful, does that have some weight to it, or is it just now a fad? Is it a trend? Right, you have your Oprahs, your Michelle Obamas, all these these black women that are put on that pedestal. But obviously there are a lot of black women who are also successful, who are not celebrities or celebrated Mm -hmm. to that level. Mm -hmm. So how are those women received? Right. Are those, you know, are those is success being a Cardi B? 
right? It's success. Like Cardi B had an amazing 2018, mm-hmm. right? And she can be a certain definition of black success, mm-hmm. right? Not just for a woman, but just black success, period, mm-hmm. right? And then you also have someone who may have not gotten that type of celebrity status and who got her job and raised a family and took care of everybody and made sure her kids grew up well. And mm-hmm. that might be black success for a black woman. So right? it's individually. It's fun, individual, right? but I feel like society now, especially in social media, you know, black girl magic and all these things. Well, I don't think that's success, but that's just motivation and encouragement. And okay. just making sure that being a black woman, being at the lowest part of the totem pole Mm -hmm. that you don't feel super oppressed that you have some um uh, ability to have self-esteem and self-awareness to know that you are good and you are great so that's what i think black girl magic i threw that up for you that was like an alley-oop for you to take that okay but i but i was gonna say as far as black women's success i feel like it's it's one of those things where i think if a woman was put on that same type of in that same type of position of success with a man on that same level, I feel like that woman should be celebrated just as equally. Mm-hmm. Not because she's a woman, not because she's black, but just because she did that. Yeah. She earned it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not because if oh oh it's a black woman. It. So, you know, we gotta celebrate it twice because we don't get it that much. Right? We don't get the Oprah's that much. Right? Tell me I mean you can't find another Oprah. You're not going to find another Michelle Obama. The fact of the matter is, as a black woman, when you have become successful, when you've reached the height of your profession, when you've gotten that terminal degree, you do recognize that you've done something that a lot of people um, have not done and cannot do. And so, yes, you are to enjoy it and clap. But then I do think you need that extra clap for being a minority and being Mm -hmm. a woman that did it because... The people that tend to succeed don't have as many barriers and aren't starting as low on the totem pole as we are. Do you think black men are intimidated by that success? Good black men not. I mean, <laughs> I think it just depends on the man. I mean, it, it definitely depends on the I man. I mean, a lot of things are insecure, dependent on If he's insecure, factors. yes, he's not going to like that. If he's not at your level, he's not going to like that. Okay. But if he's at your level or if he's secure in himself and his masculinity, then he recognizes you for who you are, which is a successful woman. And he doesn't see anything bad about that because no successful woman is going to bring down a successful man. Together, you guys are successful. Well, I mean, now I think that's ideal, but I do think that there are some successful. Do you think a woman gonna bring down her man? I feel like a black woman bring down her man. I mean, people can be assholes. Like, I mean, no, for real. Like, uh-uh. if you put all that time into making yourself self successful, and you find a man that is equally as successful, what I'm saying is, there's some. There are some women who have no problem if irritated if. They feel some type of way of they have no problem denigrating and talking down to a man. Well, these are the same women that are equal to the men that I said, if you aren't as successful or if you don't have your self-esteem together, then you're not going to go for a successful woman. So those women are on the equal playing field as that man. They have self-esteem issues? Yes. Yes, they do. If you feel like you have to bring down your man. Just to make yourself feel better, or because you just want to bring him down, yeah, you don't feel good about yourself. Because I'm gonna say there are a lot of I I, I wouldn't say a lot because I feel like I don't want to overgeneralize or overstate that, but I do think there's you're talking about a broken person basically. Okay, because because I, I don't believe in broken people. You gotta believe in people, <laughs> man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying we're talking about good people, black women that have been successful and are not broken. But if you're a black woman and you broke to get to your success. You need counseling and you need help. Okay. We'll just leave it at that because I think that, you know, there is, we can't deny the intimidating factor, the intimidation factor, I should say, that comes into play sometimes by some men. I wish somebody would. By just saying, look, man, they, especially if they feel, I mean, think about all the women that are single out there. Listen, if you're intimidated by me, ain't nobody worried about you. Nobody's intimidated because you're short. But like I'm saying, like, in general, but there are a lot of women a that are black sing- woman. If you're intimidated by my success, then you're a man with self-esteem issues, and I don't need to be with you. There are a lot of women out there 
who are single as hell. Good women, possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe even bad women. But good women, I hope. Right? I'm speaking to the good women. Who are out there very single, looking for a partner, but can't necessarily find a partner because they are very... I mean, think about... Let's not... Let's not I'm not going to blast nobody, but you are, you are a physician, right? And think mm-hmm. about what it's like to be a female woman physician and what dating the dating scene may look like, right? Some women that I know will not necessarily tell a man their profession of being a physician while dating off jump because they don't want to come off too intimidating. Fact or fiction? Fact. Okay. I, so I now, believe that for a while. Okay, then. So now, so now, you just told me you believe that. But you also said that if someone can't recognize your success, then that person has low self-esteem. So why not come out the jump and let them know where you're at? Off top. I'm a physician and this is what I do. Right? You're not going to say it off jump. So it's not about self-esteem or about who I am. It's just that's a it's, it's a stigma associated with well not a stigma, but it's a certain expectation associated with being a physician and when you tell somebody about it um and i mean it's it's a high bar to match and so what i was thinking when i was dating is that you want to make sure that you give your person the opportunity to get to know you you get to know them without that um that uh not expectation but that pressure Mm. because i feel like once they know you're a doctor. Now you have to be more professional. Now you don't have to be a doctor. You, you can be a lawyer. To, you can be, but if you have one of those, you're you're. If you're, you're a high, professional, you have a high degree. You have a certain expectation people expect from you when you say, "Oh, we're going on a date." Oh, by the way, I happen to be a doctor. Now, so, <laughs> okay, yeah, but it's better to. to I'm not sick. I know, but <laughs> like, when I was dating, I felt like it was better to start relationships or at least introduce yourself to people without telling them your title right away okay. because that expectation wasn't there it was like hey i'm wanda who are you let's talk what do you like to do instead of oh so how long did it take and how did you get there do you like it like all of these questions you get about the profession okay so you want them to know you for you because if not then that that whole thing kind of consumes it the, overshadows you as a person sometimes wow. your profession make it sound like you batman or something no it's just <laughs> people just, are curious I, I mean i'm just i'm, I'm obviously just because when you chain. say you're a doctor first first thing people are doing oh you saving lives are you in emergency room are you in there you know when people are dying you you covering gunshot wounds like people are going to the extreme really? and you're like no uh-uh. Wow. Not okay. I mean, you know, I I don't I don't think physicians are that big, but okay. We'll just... But I mean, I will admit that it is also um, being a woman. <laughs> it, see, see, that's what I'm saying. Because I was gonna say, like, because men do get intimidated. <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. Like, men get intimidated. So it's not that. Like I said, men that are intimidated do have self-esteem problems, but some of them don't. And they just get nervous and they don't know how to talk. And they just like, they get, like I said, the profession can sometimes make people a little nervous. So, See, But I brought that whole conversation topic <laughs> up because we sit here and be like, oh yeah, black women being successful, it's nothing. And that was what we talked about in the beginning. But you just showed and shed some light on what it's like for a woman who might be black and successful and maybe at the height of her profession and the terminal degree and how she can interact to just how she has to navigate her life in order to make sure that she can be able to just have a normal social life, be able to have relationships with other people, be able to find a man. And a lot of black women who are successful, which obviously, as I talked about the numbers, you know, women are more successful than men as far as advanced degrees. You have a lot of men who may not date these women or women who don't have large uh, selection of Mm -hmm. men to date who may be their equal. And this is why there might be a disparity as far as single black women out there. That's just my theory. Right. That's my hypothesis. But anyway, um, is there anything else? I feel like I've covered everything else that we're supposed to talk about today. Mm -mm. Anything else you'd like to add? Mm -mm. I think that's Black woman and how hard it is. Okay, well, it is Women's History Month, and I wanted to celebrate 
Women's History Month by talking about issues, particularly when it comes to gender roles and expectations, but also emphasizing the the work, um, the perspectives of uh, the black woman, because this is My Black is Transnational. Okay, so that's going to do it for us here at My Black is Transnational. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. You can follow me on Instagram at blacktransnational underscore. Please make sure to share your feedback, rate, subscribe, and review the show. Download it on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. It's sure to be there. Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever. Um, Also, make sure to follow me on my new Twitter account, MBI Transnational. No, MB Transnational. Sorry. MB Transnational. All right. Follow me on Twitter, MB Transnational. And you can also make sure to email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com. Once again, it's been a pleasure, babe. It's always fun to have these conversations. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be like, okay, this was the most, but I hope y'all learned something or maybe y'all took some insight from our conversation again. But that's going to do it for us. Approach that black woman. (laughs) Fellas, approach that black woman. Don't worry about her salary. Just know that at the end of the day, she's going to be the head of the household. (laughs) And she'll put her name on the taxes. Just, Just fall back and play your role, brother. All right. All right, so... We'll talk again soon on the next episode, but for now, we'll say goodbye. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. And I'm Dr. Wanda. And our black is transnational. And we hope by the end of this, yours yours will will be be too. too. Peace.